Open your Bibles this morning to Hebrews 13, verse 6, and um, there'll be a lot of scriptures we turn to, and uh, basically you just can turn if you can, but I'll be moving fairly quickly as we go from uh, verse to verse. I want to speak to you this morning about something that is very, very important, especially in the day we live and in the days that are coming. I want to talk to you about overcoming the fear of man. Leonard Ravenhill said, you'll never be a man of God or a woman of God till you overcome the fear of man. And so we're going to see what the Bible says about this matter of overcoming the fear of man. You know, of all the descriptions of the devil, Satan is a roaring lion. And he roars in order to strike fear to your heart and to mine. I believe fear whether it's personal fears that you're fighting or whether it's the fear of man or, or, or the fear of the future, I, I believe that one of his greatest weapons is to use fear to keep us from being the people that Jesus Christ saved us and created us to be. Now, it's always a battle, the fear of man. But I believe in the 70 days coming up to the election, it will become more and more a uh, uh, a problem for this reason. You see, what unbelievers want to do and what liberals want to do is to silence the voice of God's people, to silence the voice of the church of Jesus Christ. And so they use, quote, fear and intimidation. In other words, basically what they're saying is, uh, put your light under a bushel. Don't let it shine. Put your salt in the salt shaker. Leave it in the salt shaker. In fact, why won't you just do this? Why don't you just keep your religion? And by the way, we don't have religion. We have Christ. Amen? Why don't you keep it in the church house? Now, you, you know, you're wrong uh, to, to mix politics and religion. Hey, we're not mixing politics and religion. We're mixing Jesus and religion and politics. Jesus. And so the, I'm, I'm telling you, they, they, they don't want us to speak out on moral issues, such as against abortion, such as same-sex marriage being a sin against God, and, and, and socialism. You see, the, the, the object is going to be to intimidate, to try to silence what was once called the moral majority. It, it sure ain't the moral majority now. It's a moral minority. But I want to talk to you about the danger of the fear of man in your own personal life and how it affects you and how that we can overcome. And man, it's an awesome word. Listen, you may have personal fears you're battling. I want to show you how you can overcome those personal fears. But the main thrust of the message is how to overcome the fear of man. I love Hebrews 13, verse 6. Listen to what it says. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. And then in verse 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, the fear of man is a serious thing in our personal walk with God. Because, let me tell you one of the dangers, one of the perils. Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, the fear of man 
is a trap. The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. You know, one of the dangers and perils of the fear of man, it, it, it may cause you to disobey God. In other words, in a situation you're confronted with, and you make a wrong choice, and you actually sin against God because of the fear of man. You know, one of the most remarkable incidences of how the fear of man causes a person to disobey God is in the, uh, in the life of Abraham. Man, I'm telling you, Abraham was such a man of faith and such a man of God that, man, I couldn't, uh, couldn't tie Abraham's shoes. I wouldn't even think about it. But, you know, there came a time when Abraham let the fear of man cause him to disobey God. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 10, listen to this. Now, there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. Now, listen to this. It came to pass, when he was coming close to Egypt, to entering Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, Indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you, that they will say, this is his wife, and they will kill me, and they will let you live. Please say you are my sister. Now, he's asking his, Sarah to lie. Please say you are my sister, that it may be well with you, for, with me for your sake, and that I might live because of you. So it was when Abraham came to Egypt that the Egyptians saw the woman, that she was beautiful, the princes of Pharaoh also saw her and commended her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken to Pharaoh's house. Well, God sent judgment on Pharaoh's house because Sarah was there. And it says in verse 18, And Pharaoh called Abraham and said, What is this you've done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? What, why did you say she is my sister? So, you know, now here's a man of God. But he let the fear of man cause him to disobey God. See, that's a peril. The peer pressure that we face, whether it's as a teenager or the peer pressure in the office, whatever it is, may cause us to disobey God if we let the fear of man have its place in our heart. Perhaps the saddest picture of the fear of man causing people to disobey God and wander in the wilderness is Israel. In Numbers chapter 13, uh, chapter 13, Verse 30 and 31, listen to what they said. God had promised them uh, the, the promised land. He had promised them the land of Canaan. The, the committee, the spies had gone in and had come back with a great report of how magnificent the land was and how fruitful it was and that God was going to give them houses for which they did not build and vineyards which they did not plant. But, but they came back and, and, and it says in verse 31 of Numbers 13 that the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report, which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. It just absolutely destroys it. And all the people wh whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. Listen. And we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Hey, God had told him it was their land. God had told Joshua, every place your foot steps, I've given to you. 
But they go in there and they look and, and they let the fear of man cause them to disobey God and to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Listen, in, in chapter 14, God, God tries to say to them, look, through Caleb and Joshua, it's, it's my battle. It says in verse 8 of, of Numbers 14, if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Oh, do not rebel against the fear of the Lord, nor let the fear of the people of the land, for they are our bread. You know, you know what he said? Don't rebel against the Lord. And don't let the fear of the people in that land keep you from obeying God. Don't let the fear of man keep you from obeying God. They are our bread. He said, you know, have you ever heard that saying, well, you know, you got a situation and it's a battle. And they say, well, man, that's just a piece of cake. That means that's real easy. You know what I mean? Well, that's what he said right there. He said, don't sweat it. They're a piece of cake. We're just going to be able to go in there and God is going to give us the land. But they didn't get in. Why? The fear of man caused Abraham to sin. It caused Israel to sin. But you know, the most tragic of all was Peter. Jesus said as he was going to the cross in Matthew 26, you don't need to turn there. He said, the time's going to come that they're going to arrest me and you're going to be, you're going to scatter like a bunch of quail. You're going to scatter and be everywhere and and you're going to forsake me. And Peter said, I'll tell you one thing. I know the rest of this crowd, they, they ain't got any courage. But I'll tell you one thing, I won't deny you. He said, I'll die before I deny you. Well, you know the story. Over in Matthew, it says that uh, Peter was standing in the courtyard, and, and this person came up to him and said, well, aren't you one of his um, disciples? Just let me read it. It says here, then Peter, uh, this is uh, Matthew 26, 69. Now, Peter sat outside in the courtyard And a servant girl came to him and said, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it. He lied, saying, I do not know what you were saying. When he had gone out the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, I think he, I bet he was thinking, I wish those women would leave me alone. He said, this fellow who was also with Jesus of Nazareth, and he denied with an oath, I told you I don't know the man. And finally, a little later, he stood by uh, the fire and Someone came up to him and said, surely you're with them. Your speech betrays you. Now listen to this. You talking about the fear of man? Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I don't know the man. Listen, the fear of man is an awesome peril. It's an awesome peril. It'll cause you to disobey God. Now listen, we all know the pressure in this uh, uh, secular world in which we live. We all know the pressure in, the, in a world where Satan is the ruler of darkness and, and, and evil abounds and people are calling right wrong and wrong right and, and, and when everybody, everybody's doing what's right in their own eyes. And, and so you stand for morality or you, you, proclaimly, you, you loudly proclaim the authority and the deity of Jesus Christ and you stand for what God stands for. Let me tell you one thing. You will be intimidated by the fear of man. But how do you overcome the fear of man? How do you do that? It's a real battle. But you see, the fear of man will not only cause you to disobey God, but let me tell you one other peril. And then I'm going to talk about how to overcome the fear of man. The fear of man can not only cause you to disobey God, but the fear of man can cause you to compromise your convictions because you won't 
the pr- 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 uh, you want the approval of man more than you want the approval of God. How many times have we felt the pressure to be silent or to compromise our conviction because of the pressure of the fear of man and that we wanted uh, to please men? You know, one, one of the great examples, and I, and I don't want to pick on Peter, but he just, uh, uh, you know, he just uh, uh, blew it when he denied Jesus. Of course, God forgave him and restored him. But over in the book of Galatians, now, now, this was after Pentecost, and Peter had been walking with God. And then he got into this situation where he allowed uh, the fear of man to cause him to go back to his old ways. Now, listen to this. It caused him to compromise his convictions because he didn't want to offend people. Listen to what it says. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, this is Galatians 2, I withstood him to his face. Paul said, I had to confront Peter publicly. I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews played the hypocrite with him, even so that Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. Now, here's Peter. He'd been eating with the Gentiles, having fellowship with the Gentiles, telling them they did not have to live under Jewish rites and rituals. But here comes some of the, quote, prominent Jews into Galatia. And you know what Peter does? He withdraws from the, from the Gentiles. He wouldn't eat with them, try to make them go back and embrace some of their old ways. And Paul just confronted him. Well, why did Peter do that? It says he was because he feared those who were of the circumcision. Hey, fear of man can cause you to, cir- to compromise your convictions because you want the approval of man. Two verses that have always troubled me because I know the pressure of the fear of man. Over in the book of John, chapter 12, verse 42, man, it, it, it's an awesome warning to us that the fear of man will cause us cause us to compromise our convictions and to seek man's approval. Listen to John 12, 42. Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, now get this, they did not confess him, lest they be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Many of the rulers believed in Jesus, but they wouldn't confess him. Why? They love man's praise. The fear of man. They love man's praise more than they love the praise of God. I tell you how many times have we put in, been put in situations, and in order to seek the approval of men, uh, we'll compromise our convictions. We'll be silent when we need to speak up. And this is exactly what the situation In in John 5, verse 44, it says, How can you believe who seek honor one from another and you don't seek the honor that comes from God only? I mean, how can you believe? When when you're more concerned about getting the approval of man than you are the approval of God. You see, there's the peril of the fear of man. And I promise you, in days to come, every effort will be made 
to silence God's people, to silence the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to silence us on moral issues. And we cannot allow the fear of man, the fear of man, or the approval of man to cause us in any way to compromise our convictions or to disobey God. You know, we all admire Joseph of Arimathea, the man who offered the tomb for Jesus to lay in for three days until he was resurrected. But the Bible said he did it secretly because he was afraid of the Jews. He didn't want anybody to know. He was afraid of the Jews. It says in John 20 that the disciples, Mary Magdalene had told them that Jesus was alive. But the Bible says in in John 20 that they were in a room and the door. Now, she'd already told them he was alive. They were in a room and the door was shut because they were afraid of the Jews. You know, I have found early in my Christian life, and I found throughout my Christian life, that there's constantly a battle with the fear of man. Satan's a roaring lion. He'll, he'll, he'll cripple you with personal fears. But man, he'll really come after you and try to silence you and just keep you from being light and salt. And one of his greatest weapons is the fear of man. Now, here's the question. How do you overcome the fear of man? Man, I get excited about it. But you, you could overcome any fear with this. But this is what really excites me as to how you overcome the fear of man. You know, the first way you overcome the fear of man is you fear God more than you fear man. You know what Matthew ten twenty eight says? Fear not those that can kill the body, but fear him who could destroy both body and soul in hell. He said, you don't, don't fear a man. He might could kill your body, but he cannot destroy your body and soul in hell. And so, man, the first thing is we need to let the fear of God overrule the fear of man. And by that, I'm not talking about being afraid of God. It means that we're aware of the fact that we live in the presence of a holy God, the holy God. And every word, thought, and deed is open before him and judged by him. You see, when the pressure comes on, we just say, I fear God more than I fear man. And I'm living in the presence of holy God. And my every word, thought, and deed is open before him and will be judged by him. Boy, I love the disciples after Pentecost. Now, look, they tried to silence them. They really did. Just like in the days to come. They're going to try to silence a person who says, well, I think abortion is murder and it's a sin. They'll try to silence you. I think that same-sex marriage is a sin against a holy God. I think it's a sin for a man and woman to live together and not be married. I'm not picking on just uh, uh, the other alternate quote, unquote, lifestyle. But they'll try to silence you and say, well, well that's, a, that's hatred. That, that's intolerance. That, that, that's uh, being unkind. Listen, let me just say one thing to you. The early church, they tried to silence them. They did everything they could to silence them. Uh, Man, they arrested them. They put them in jail. But man, I am telling you, the the power of the Holy Spirit, and and, and if you want to turn to this, it's just good stuff. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Listen to what it says. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived, that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marvelous. They marveled. In other words, here was Peter and John, and, and, and they didn't have all the credentials that everybody else had, and they marveled because, quote, they were untrained men. But it says they took knowledge of them 
that they had been with Jesus Christ. Man, it was the presence of Jesus. Now, I want you to listen in verse 18. This is how you overcome the fear of man. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. And it's the boldness that comes from the presence of Christ. It says in verse 18 of Acts 4, They called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus Christ. They said, now you keep your mouth shut about Jesus. You keep your mouth shut about the, the, the teachings of God and the teachings of Christ and moral convictions. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. I love that. He said, I hear what you're saying, but you need to ask yourself this question. Should I listen to you or should I listen to God? And then they went on and said this. In verse, uh, it says in verse 20, for we cannot but speak. You can't silence us. You can't silence us. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. See, they, they'd just gotten out of jail and they'd threatened them and told them not to speak or teach anymore. But said, we, we just, you just judge. We're going to obey God instead of you. We cannot but speak the things we've seen and heard. And then they went to the church and look what they prayed for. They prayed for boldness. They prayed for what got them, more of what got them in jail. Now, look, look, Lord, look on their threats. Look on their threats. And grant to your servants with all boldness they may speak your word. Hey, it was the power of the Holy Spirit that gave them a boldness. That they would look at those who tried to silence them and say, we, 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 We're going to obey God instead of obeying you. And said, We cannot but speak to things which we've seen and heard. And we want you to know we're asking God to give us more boldness that we would not be silent. Well, then there's a great passage see this is an example of how you overcome the fear of man it's by the power of the holy spirit it's by the passion to please god and to obey god rather than to be intimidated and and cowed down by man in in uh, in verse 27 of acts 5 see the early church lived in a hostile climate you think it's a hostile climate in mobile or in america let me tell you one thing every one of the disciples died as a martyr Every one of them was killed because of their faith. Every one of them. And in, and, 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 uh, in 70 A.D. And, and when uh, Nero and all those, the, the, the martyrdom of Christians was just absolutely unbelievable. But the church flourished because they would not compromise and would not be quiet. They flourished because they were bold and spoke boldly that Jesus is Lord. In verse 27 of Acts 5. When they brought them and set them before the council and the high priest asked them, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in his name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Now, this is the classic. This is what we need to say. But Peter answered and and the other apostles, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. That's how you overcome the fear of man. Hey, you choose. Should we obey God or obey you? We cannot but speak the things we've seen and heard. And let me just say, we know you commanded us not to speak, but we, we ought to obey God rather than man.
You know, let me just say this. By the power of the Holy Spirit and by the boldness that comes from the presence of God, we can overcome the fear of man. And we can be light and we can be salt and we can be bold and we can be courageous. We always speak the truth in love. We always act redemptively. But I want to tell you, silence is perceived as agreement. And when you're silent, they say, well, you must agree with me. No, we don't agree and we're not going to be silent. And so we need every opportunity we can to speak the truth in love. But here's the most important thing I want to show you. We overcome the fear of man by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the fear of God and we have the power of the Holy Spirit. But we overcome the fear of man by the presence of God in our lives. Listen, we all have heard the story of of Polycarp, the great early father of the faith who who was uh, put to death. And they... uh, took him to the, tied him to the stake, and we're going to burn him at the stake. And they said to him, Now, Polycarp, if you'll just resent, re- renounce Christ, if you renounce that way, we'll spare your life. <laughs> you know what Polycarp said? He said, I regret that I have only one life to give for my Lord. I'd die two times if I had to. You know, he had the presence. How could a man go to that and they put more fuel on the flame how could he do that because he had the presence of God let me tell you something when you've got the presence of God you are not intimidated by any man you're not intimidated because you've got the presence of the living God in you in the person of Jesus Christ you know I I love um, Psalm 27 1 I'm gonna give you some verses about the presence of God it may be um, you have some personal fears Well, this applies, but this also applies to dealing with the fear of man. In Psalm 27, listen to this. You've got this memorized, but buddy, it is an awesome, awesome passage. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Man, I mean, he said, listen, God plus one is a majority in any situation. And we overcome the fear of man by being confident of the presence of God, the presence of Jesus in our life. Man, I love Psalm 34, 35, verse 4. Boy, I love this. Listen to what it says. Psalm 35, verse 4. Well, is that Psalm 35, 4? Oh, no, excuse me. I'm about two books off, y'all. Uh, it's Isaiah 35, 4. I guess it is. If not, I'm on. Yeah, here it is. Isaiah 35, 4. How do you overcome the fear of man? By the presence of God. The presence of Jesus in your life. He says in, Psalm, in Isaiah 35, 4, Strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees, say to those who are fearful-hearted. All right, now listen to him. He says, say to those who are fearful-hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. But then there's another one. 
Isaiah 40, 41, verses 10 through 13. Boy, I'll tell you what, you talk about a, a verse. A number of years ago, I was in an intense battle, an intense battle. And um, you don't need to know anything, the details about it, but it was with people. Wasn't a lot of people, but it was some people. And um, I, I tell you, I was, I was, I, I was really battling. I mean, it, it, was, it was an unbelievable battle. And then God showed me this verse, and I started reading it at breakfast every morning out loud. Now, I want you to listen to this. Friend, you, you talk about something that will absolutely take away the fear of man and absolutely give you confidence. Listen to what it says. You, you, you need this. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you, strengthen you, help you, and uphold you by my righteous right hand. Now listen to this. Man, when I got this, I shouted. I mean, I'm telling you. Behold, all who were incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. He said, I'm, your enemies are going to be ashamed and they're going to be disgraced. They shall be as nothing. Those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you, shall be as nothing, as a non-existent thing. And I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying, fear not, I will help you. That makes me want to shout, hallelujah. Why in the world should we ever let the fear of man keep us from being what God wants us to be? God lives in us, in Jesus Christ, and God is with us. And he says they shall be as a non-existent thing as far as I'm concerned. Then there's another great promise. Psalm 29, Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man is a snare. But those who trust in the Lord shall be safe. You know what the world tries to use, don't you? You know Satan's tactic to make the church irrelevant, to make the church silent, uses the fear of man. The fear of man. You know, I was thinking, not only did they make a law that it was against the law to pray in schools, I mean, not, not that anybody had to participate. You could pray silently. You, you could pray, you could ex, exempt, uh, absent yourself from the prayer, or you could have your own prayer. Uh, it, 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 it's just, just a matter that the humanists are committed to the removal of God from every form of life. That's what it is. But you know, you, but they'll harass you. See, so they say, well, we're going to pray before the football game. Wasn't even in a, it wasn't even in a classroom. So they say, well, we're going to bring a suit against you, and they do. And, and you have cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars to defend against that suit. And so it's the fear of being sued that they use to try to cause you to give in to the fear of man. I tell you, the time has come that we need to say we will not be intimidated. We will not be harassed. We will not be silenced. Praise God. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the morality and the Bible. And we're going to stand for it no matter what it costs. And a silent church is a church that is a coward in the sight of God.
So, friend, I'm telling you, we cannot let the fear of man keep us from obeying God. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man. You know, this is what they'll try to make us. They're going to say, well, uh, you, you, you just judge people. You just judge people. No, we don't judge them. The Bible judges them, right? Well, you, that's hate speech. To tell somebody that it's a sin and that God loves them and wants to redeem them from their sin. Is that hate language? You, you see, they'll use anything they can to silence us. But just remember, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And we must obey God rather than man. And I'm telling you, if the church is silent in the next six, seventy days, if we are silent, we'll pay a great price and we could lose this nation to a wicked and ungodly way of life. We cannot be silent. You say, Brother Fred, you're trying to pick a fight. Hey, the fight's already on. I'm not picking one. It's already a fight. And so let's just in love, let's just in love say, but this is what God's Word says. Well, I don't believe the Bible. Your problem is you've never read it. I mean, come on. Let's do it in love, but let's stand and let's speak out for the unborn. And let's speak out for the sanctity of the family. And let's speak out for if people don't work, they ought not eat if they're able to work. let's, Let's just speak out against socialism. Let's take a stand and say, that's not who we are. And that's not who we want to be. And we will not stand by silently and let it happen. You say, you'll get in trouble. Praise God, the early church stayed in trouble the whole time. It's when you're in trouble, you depend on God more than you do anybody else. Well, I just know this. We will not, I hadn't planned on saying this, so I'll get it all messed up. But we will not shut up, back up, or whatever else. We're going to speak up. I like that. We will not shut up. Back up. We're going to speak up in the name of Jesus based on the word of God in a spirit of love. And we will not be afraid of man. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.